Welcome to Enterprise Radio, the signature show of the Enterprise Podcast Network, featuring some of the most prominent business professionals in the world today. And now your host, Eric Dye. This is Eric Dye, and once again, welcome to Enterprise Radio, a part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Our guest today is a technology veteran with more than 30 years of experience. He is the former CTO of Red Hat and Google Cloud and is now the CEO of Neuromagic. Mr. Brian Stevens, thanks for joining us here today on Enterprise Radio. Hi, Eric. Thanks. Uh, You're more than welcome and do appreciate your taking a moment to be with us here today. So let's kick things off with this. What is the company's big vision? Speaking of Neuromagic. Well, I think the, um, the big vision just got a whole lot clearer as now AI is something that not just those of us working in deep tech stacks now think about, right? It's it's something that's just got broad awareness and usage across enterprise and consumer alike. And we've been at this for five years. Um, but for us, like if we had to distill it down, it's really around enabling both enterprise and enterprise developers to be able to take advantage of these state-of-the-art AIs that are coming out and their capabilities. Um, but let them to be able to do that on the terms that matter to them. And today's today's world of AI is just, um, it's early. So it's full of friction and restriction. And removing those is precisely what we're aiming to address. Yeah, Mr. Stevens, thanks for your response. Much appreciated and helpful as well. Now, how big is the AI opportunity and what should businesses be doing right now? Right. Like it's, it's gazillions, right? Like every analyst will tell you it's gazillions. Well, I mean, they honestly are predicting, you know, from a, when you look at the technology stack in the, on the IT side, the vendor side, especially is expected to be a market sizing of greater than a trillion dollars in I think less than 10 years. Um, who knows whether that is right. It could be off by, 50%, it could be off by 2x. But the thing that has, I think, become abundantly clear is that with the capabilities of AI that's already here, it's really obvious that what vendors sow in terms of revenue, it's clear that there's going to be a massive impact for new and legacy companies alike. And so I think, like, as you know, as you said, like the, the challenge is like, well, great, but but how do I get started? I think um, I've always really broken that down into into two areas. Um, the first part is um, is really separating yourself away from the, the the technical capabilities, and it's really just um, a 360 degree on your own business and really assessing the use cases which you think, which again, are specific to your business, which will, and vary great on, greatly on your industry, whether you're in retail, financial services, et cetera. But this is really being in touch with the art of the possible, understanding today's AI capabilities and where they can have impact um, today in your organization, typically either as an assistant to a knowledge worker or, or adding capabilities to existing products. So that's the first part is is like really use case assessment. And then don't boil the ocean, start small. And then the, a lot of that can be done without investing, can be prototyped at least without investing deep technically um, using you know hosted AI APIs. 
but then the second part of getting started is really, you know, many new innovative technologies often start, you know, with a center of excellence inside of enterprise. You know, you, you mentioned sort of back in the Red Hat days, we often saw, you know, open source center of excellence, of, you know, arise in large enterprises on how they want to consume, deploy, manage the full life cycle of open source technologies. On cloud, same thing, center of excellence emerged around cloud capabilities, where they could use them, how they could use them, you know, how they would consume. And so I think establishing the same thing early on um, around, you know, building um, centers of excellence from machine learning and enterprises, but again, like sounds lofty, but actually the starting small is often better than than large. So it's the value is not measured by quantity. It's actually measured by by the team that you put in place. And then and then um, and then with that, you take the prototyping, but this team is really there to actually build the technology stack that makes sense for the particular enterprise um, with this foundational machine learning team. And in most cases, they're moving from prototype, but actually, how do they put their, their own enterprise in control? So how do they actually start with these off-the-shelf AIs to better understand the specificity of the use case of the business, which often means they're taking AIs, they're not just using them generically, they're actually putting them through technical processes to adapt to the data of the business and process it's often called fine tuning. I do understand that you're bringing an open approach to AI for business. How is your approach better? Um, well, open's always better. Yeah. So yes, the Red Hat roots from 13 years and, you know, bringing open to the first time to what was lo- really largely closed enterprise, you know, open really done right and truly open, not just a name, but an action really puts enterprise back in control. And so the, to, to make that, and that's something people understand already, but to make that really tangible, um, the first part is actually starting with open source AIs. And that's something, you know, that even a year ago wasn't really possible in this big generative space. You know, the breakthroughs were done and served over a proprietary model and proprietary pay for API. But what's happened this year, and well, this year is 2024, what's happened in 2023 is really the emergence of all these great, amazing um, open source um, AI models that have really permissive models that enterprises um, like. So they can take these open models that are every bit as capable. And the interesting thing is they're innovating um, at a rate faster than uh, than I've ever seen anything in technology. And these are the llamas, mistrals, et cetera. So every month they get better. Um, the second part is after starting with open source models is they can, it puts them in control of their terms of service around the models. They they actually own these AIs themselves, right? They're not running them, not borrowing, they're not paying for them. These are the terms of service are as they define. And so open enables that. The third aspect of open is really keeping them in control of their data and its security. We, What I sort of alluded to is that in most cases, enterprises aren't going to use generic models. They're going to start with generic models that have been trained for, you know, tons of hours, and that's why they're so good. But then they're going to further train these data, these AIs on a lightweight way on the business data and use case that makes sense to them. So allowing them to do that um, and control the data you know, and that that stays their confidential data stays inside of their enterprise is really important. 
Um, the fourth thing is is really open allows them to, to put these AIs, not they own them, um, where they want them, when they want them. So on the platforms that matters to them. So whether they want to deploy these AIs at the edge in retail manufacturing and their existing data centers or in the cloud, it's, it becomes once you start with open, train it on your data confidentially, you're now in control of when, where, and how you deploy these. And you have the choice of platforms as well, whether you want to buy the latest, greatest um, GPUs or whether you often want to use your existing CPU fleet. So really, you know, open is kind of like the the meta thing that's proven to provide amazing value for enterprises. Um, and we expect AI to be no different than the tech stack before it. Mr. Stevens, really good to have you on to speak with us here today. We're joined by Mr. Brian Stevens, a technology veteran with more than 30 years of experience and the CEO of Neuromagic. He's joined us here today on Enterprise Radio, a part of VPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Now, continuing on, why is the Neuromagic approach better and how does that work? Sure. I, I mean, it's really the the first principles perspective that we bring because enterprises, you know, our goal is to really establish that open cap- allow enterprises to do everything that I said that open can bring. The challenge is that um, today there's still the friction. A lot of this only works because of our core technology. So the it helps by understanding that the breakthrough on the generative AI side came because um, it's largely dominated by large language models. And so the large is really large. So years ago, even you know, in 2022, um, it was thought that large language models actually weren't a good idea and training on a large amount of data wasn't a good idea, that actually you wouldn't have good results. So the breakthrough was actually around that large, training on more data was better and, and building larger models was actually better. But that's where the, so that's what gives you the capabilities, but therein lies the friction. And so what Neural Magic is doing is we're breaking down the friction that makes these large language models actually not be require bleed out the eye exhaustive technology infrastructure that only the big tech companies have so what we're doing is through the leadership that we have in model optimization and the leadership we have in um, high performance computing we're taking these massive models and we're able to shrink them down in a way that preserves a hundred percent of their accuracy while allowing them to run on smaller infrastructure, whether smaller GPUs or whether that means running on CPUs, something that most enterprises didn't even think was possible with these new AIs. Brian, again, thanks so much for joining us here today on Enterprise Radio and in an industry that's ever-changing, especially with AI in the mix. And you certainly got your hands full, but with your experience Everyone's certainly in good hands, and we thank you for what you do in this space. If listeners wanted to engage with Neuromagic, uh, where would they start their AI transformation? Sure. I mean, the journey always starts with our website, and then there's obviously a lot of cohorts. There's, uh, you know, somebody just wants to get in touch with us. They can book a demo, book a conversation. Um, we, We also have an open community that we support of developers that they can find the jumping off point off our website and they can find our slack community and they can use the tools and they get our assistance in that process so myriad of ways but it all starts with come to uh, neuromagic.com 
And of course, listeners, as always, you can find that link within the show notes of this broadcast for your convenience. Mr. Stevens, all the best, and we thank you for joining us here today on Enterprise Radio. Certainly was our pleasure. Thanks, Eric. Again, we've been speaking with Mr. Brian Stevens, a technology veteran with more than 30 years of experience and the CEO of Neuromagic. And for all the details, it's simple. Visit neuromagic.com. And this is Eric Dine. You've been listening to Enterprise Radio, a part of EPN the Enterprise Podcast Network. Tune into our live location as we are streaming live 24-7 around the world at epodcastnetwork.com forward slash live. You can also find our live stream on iTunes Radio and TuneIn Radio as well as the TuneIn Radio app for your listening convenience. And as always, we thank you for your support and for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Enterprise Radio. To subscribe to more of our programming, visit epodcastnetwork.com. This is the ePodcast Network.